This is the Confident Collective Podcast with your hosts, Christina Zias and Rayanne Langis, two plus-size models and body activists here to get real and candid about living your most confident life. Get ready for powerful conversations that will leave you laughing, motivated, and inspired. Welcome back, you guys. I um, woke up with a giant zit on my face this morning, and it was perfect timing for today's guest because she... (laughs) Wait, I have one coming too, and I feel it. Do you? Yes. Wait, that's so funny. That is perfect timing for today's guest. I'm so mad about it, but now I don't feel as bad about it. I don't even see anything. It's under the skin. It's good, but you can feel it. It's going to be those ones turn out to be the worst ones. Thanks, Ray. (laughs) Thank you so much. (laughs) Mine is already alive and well. I don't see yours. Right here? Bitch, that is not a giant zit. Are you for real? Oh my gosh. Okay, well, it feels giant to me, but. This is perfect for today's guest because we're chatting with Celeste Thomas and she is going to share a little bit about nutrition and products and kind of everything that goes into having healthy, glowy, beautiful, youthful looking skin, all the things that we all want. Uh, (laughs) I can't. I All right, you guys, I'm sorry. I keep looking at Christina today and just absolutely laughing because she's giving me weird faces. Dude, there's something weird going on with there's me. I'm like cold. On. I'm sweaty. My feet look like Fred Flintstone. I'm just like having a moment. I okay? got over here and your heart was right. Ra- Christina said her heart was racing. That it was she could see it out of her chest, which is concerning. It was concerning. But this episode <laughs> was amazing. And that is what's more important. Oh, my gosh. We're losing it today. So why don't we just dive right right into this incredible episode and this interview with Celeste. Celeste Thomas is a registered nurse specializing in holistic skincare. She is the founder of The True Spoon, a skincare and wellness lifestyle blog, and the Skin Confident course that teaches you to detoxify, calm, replenish, and renew your skin. Her glowy skin literally stopped me in my tracks the first time we met, and I've been obsessed with her since. She is both Ray's and I's ultimate skincare guru. So without further ado, let's welcome Celeste. Welcome, Celeste. We're so happy oh to my- have you. It's so good to be here. Thank you so much for the sweet introduction. I love you both so much and I consider you friends and it's just so great to be able to connect with your podcast community and just share some skincare knowledge. Yeah, we're so like anytime I have a question, I ask Celeste, I'm like, what does this mean? She actually recommended the best mascara to me that I'm hooked on. You are the queen of all of the recommendations. So for people who don't know you, though, give us like kind of your background, um, just your your full story into how, how you got to where you are doing what you're doing now. Of course. So my journey just starts with acne. I was a really acneic middle schooler, high schooler. I struggled so much with my skin. And sometimes it's those pain points of really struggling where you invest the most time and energy into learning something. So I went to nursing school. I wanted to learn all about the systems of the body, how to heal my skin. And at that point in my life, all I really knew was going to a dermatologist to get help or going to a drugstore to try a product. And none of that ever worked for me. So I'm like, okay, great. I have more to learn. I want to get the scientific background. And then once I graduated from nursing school, at that point, I had tried every medication on the market 
that you can prescribe to anyone. Every topical, every proactive line, everything. And even with all of that trial and error and all the knowledge I had in the medical realm, my skin was still bad. And I realized that I need to incorporate other things. So I tried different holistic practices. I met with different kinds of naturopathic doctors, different estheticians and facialists. And I found that really melding the Western with the Eastern was the best way to truly heal my skin. And my mission really in my life is just to help people who had a similar issue with their skin and help them find a holistic way to treat it. I think this is so important because I feel like skin is such a huge issue for so many people. It's like the first thing we see, right? So if you're having a bad skin day, it can knock your confidence right away. I know it definitely does for me. I've struggled with hormonal acne right now. I'm struggling with hyperpigmentation and it definitely can knock you down. And I think something that you talk a lot about is kind of nourishing your body from the inside out. So can we get into a little bit more about like nutrition and diet and how that relates to skincare, because I know that's a huge topic for you. Completely. And when you really think about it, skin is your largest organ and it's kind of where everything, all your habits in your life, all of you know, the things that you're doing to your body bubbles up and you can really see the result of it on your face. And a lot of people don't think about that, but your skin is a true reflection of what's happening inside of your body. So we do have to take account of what's happening on our skin and think about the daily practices, what we're eating and how that affects it. So diet is huge. Diet is really more important than skincare products, in my opinion. Really, it's the place to start. And I think in our American culture, we always want a Band-Aid fix. So like what product can I buy to fix me? Totally. But really, if you don't have a good base of diet, it's really difficult. Plus, in our modern society, it's like we're drinking way too much coffee. Everything has a ton of sugar in it. You know, we're eating a lot of processed foods. And it has nothing to do with looking a certain way. But it's like, how are you nourishing your skin in order to make it glowy and you know, healthy? How does someone figure out what maybe foods are triggering? Because I know some people can pound like beer and cheese fries and have zero like reaction on their skin. So I do think that sometimes certain things for certain people obviously will cause that reaction, but is there a way for people to kind of figure out what is, is going on in, internally with them? Yeah, so you're so right. Bio-individuality is such a thing. And some people react to certain things and not to others. There's a lot of things that are baseline affecting most people. And if you rule those out, then you can delve deeper into the specifics. But most people are reacting to the biggest categories of, you know, skin blunder foods and lifestyle practices. So again, with the cheese fries thing, if you're genetically acne prone, like myself, you have acne in the family, you've had acne from a really young age, dairy can be triggering to those people. Dairy is not necessarily a trigger for all if you're eating high quality. So organic dairy that doesn't have a bunch of preservatives, pesticides, additives, most people are fine with it. Like, Christina, I know that you're Greek and you think about if you're in Greece and you're eating feta that's beautiful and from a farm and it'll have amino acids from a grass-fed animal, those aren't necessarily bad. It's really the quality of things like dairy that will affect most people. Yeah, it's super interesting because I know for myself, like dairy, I can see the effects on my skin right away, but there's a huge difference for me if I'm having goat's milk or sheep's milk versus cow's milk. 
Um, and I don't know if that's maybe because of my Mediterranean bloodline or maybe it's the quality of cheese and what's in it too. Um, but I've 1000% noticed that for myself. Usually it's the quality. Mm-hmm. It's the quality of our dairy in this country. So dairy might be something to look at. And most people can tell whether or not it affects them. Like myself, I eat cheese. Like the next day I'll break out. It's just the way of the world. But one major category, I think the thing that it's really ruining most people's skin is refined sugar. Mm-hmm. Which is very in like everything, right? It's in everything. It goes by a million names. It's agave. It's cane sugar. It's beet sugar. It's you know, brown rice syrup, it's corn syrup, it's a million different names. But sugar is the most inflammatory thing. Anything you don't want to happen to your skin, sugar causes it. Acne, redness, irritation, rosacea can make hyperpigmentation worse. There's a million things. So a lot of people, if they just really looked at their food to identify how much refined sugar they're eating, they could knock out a ton of skin issues. Wow, it's so interesting. When you said agave, both Ryan and I were like, wait, isn't that supposed to be like healthier for yeah, you? Yeah, I thought that was like a good one. <laughs> or like beet sugar. What? And that's the thing. Organic coconut sugar. It sounds really good, but they're all processed refined sugars. Like I'm all about real fruit. And I do some of the stevia, some of the monk fruit. I try not to go overboard on it, but really for no other reason than your skin, try to at least reduce the amount of refined sugars. What about honey? Uh, It depends on the quality. Of course, again, it is a refined sugar. It is. These are literally refining it. You're breaking my heart. I only thought (laughs) refined sugar was like the white sugar that you use in like baking. Mm -mm. So it goes through a refinery process. All of these things. I mean, a beet, if you're not eating a piece of beet, it's a whole process to turn a beet into a hyper sweet particle that your body metabolizes in a certain way that's different than you to eat the whole fruit or vegetable. So interesting. Okay, so we have cheese, we have sugars. What else are some like red flags that people should look out for? Coffee and caffeine. Celeste, people are not going to like you. No, I'm kidding. No, No, we love you. But oh, these are all the good things we love. But wow. Wait, why caffeine? Okay, so let's start with coffee. So coffee is such a part of our culture. We drink, most people drink way too much of it first of all the issue there's so many issues with coffee coffee is an inflammatory food people are drinking it far in excess of what they should be it's dehydrating really dehydrating for the skin they're drinking it too late in the day and when you ingest caffeine like six hours before bedtime it actually disrupts your sleep cycle and when you sleep that's when your body is repairing all of your damaged skin cells it's absorbing all the moisture to give you plump dewy skin so and another thing it raises cortisol so cortisol is a huge contributor to inflammation of audience and it kills off your microbiome so okay a million things just to rewind a little bit, because I, f- not to sound like a dummy, but I always hear people oh. talk about cortisol and I actually don't really know what cortisol is. I'm glad you so asked cortisol- me, do I? <laughs> okay. So cortisol is a stress hormone and hormone in the okay. body. And just like any of your other hormones, they all need to be in a homeostatic 
regulated basis. If one gets out of whack, it can derail all the other hormonal systems in the body, really energy levels, stress levels, hydration levels. There's a million things that cortisol contributes to. And drinking an excess of caffeine elevates cortisol levels, makes you feel stressed and frazzled. It makes you exhausted. It inflames your body, kills the microbiome. So many different things. Wow. So not all is lost for those coffee fans. Like I just want to make it relatable and something that people can actually implement versus like, you can't have anything fun. Right. So what is it? Do you just have like certain types of coffee? Do you just have coffee like maybe early in the morning or like kind of like what are the guidelines? If you're like, listen, let's be real. I want good skin Celeste, but I'm having my coffee. (laughs) Yes. And that's the thing. It's having a high quality organic coffee. If you're going to do it at home, get an organic bean, you know, don't add a bunch of sugary, weird stuff to it. Mm-hmm. Look at the ingredients on the packaging. Then you can have a cup of coffee, but try not to have more than one. I mean, maybe if you're weaning off, but enjoy that ritual, then make sure at least six hours before you go to sleep, you're not having any more coffee or caffeine products. And Celeste, do you have a really great recipe for like a mushroom coffee, don't you? I have so many fun recipes we'll, for alternatives. We'll have to yeah. put these in the show notes for people as alternatives because if if you follow Celeste on Instagram, her coffees in the morning, like you said, are like a ritual. Like it's like a beautiful, delicious looking, like it's not just chugging down your cup of coffee in the morning. So we'll definitely include those for people. Yeah, and I want people to feel like they have those moments of, you know, indulgence. And you can do that. It's And it's okay to cheat and have treats. But when people don't realize they're doing certain things all day, every day, and they're kind of in the dark about it, I just want to educate so people can make their own decisions and they're not just, you know, falling victim to packaging and labeling as they're sleeping. We've talked a little bit about, like, some of the bad things for your skin, But what about some of the foods that you can eat that are actually great for your skin that people can start implementing a little bit more? It's my favorite question. And it's not, there's no list online. And it's like these five things. It's really about eating seasonally and eating as locally as possible. Mm -hmm. The interesting thing is that Mother Earth is so much smarter than us or marketing systems or the grocery store. In the fall and winter months, you need more beta carotene, more vitamin A, certain things that are going to support your skin, which are conveniently in all the seasonal vegetables and fruits that are available. So squashes and apples right now, just things like that. It seems so simple, but it's not eating turmeric every day. It's eating seasonally and trying to buy organic, unpesticide treated produce. Wow. All right, but I got to load up on like the butternut squash mm-hmm. and stuff right now. Um, yes. So interesting. But that's a really good point too, because if you're eating seasonally, right, and locally, like we're, we live in Southern California, right? There's so many amazing farms around here. Um, but when I was studying abroad in Italy, we learned that in Italy, no food travels more than 29 miles. And here, your food can grow in California, but then get sent to Philadelphia for packaging or for, I don't know, whatever, and then sent to Canada and then sent back here. So like maybe, I mean, that's really good because sometimes like I'll go to local farmer's markets and honestly, I'll just leave with some of my flowers and I don't even like, I'm like, oh, I'll get produce from Trader Joe's. But now I'm like, I need to think more about that. So thank you. (laughs) 
And that's such a good point because fruit and vegetables, once they're picked, as soon as they're snapped off a vine, they start to lose their nutrient density. So the further they're traveling, the more packaged and processed they are, Mm -hmm. the least nutrient dense they are. And your skin needs those vitamins and minerals to be glowy and healthy. So do you do most of like, if you're buying produce, do you just look for that tag at the grocery store that's like local or do you suggest doing like local farmers markets or what would be like the good, better, best options? Yeah. So good is just organic from any market. You know, you don't know how far it's traveled or whatever, but it's not sprayed with a bunch of pesticides. Better is finding things that you know, maybe it's a smaller, more boutique grocery store that has some local ingredients. We're trying to source that. Best is farmer's market. A lot of those fruits and veggies are picked day before. Mm-hmm. And you're also supporting farmers who are really doing such amazing things for, you know, our country. And you're supporting these small businesses during COVID. I just think it's such a great way to give back while also getting the best quality, usually at good prices. Absolutely. Yeah, I need to take advantage of that more and really do. I'm like you, Christina. I feel like sometimes I get overwhelmed at the farmer's market and I'm like, I need to be prepared for my trip and be like, this is what I'm getting to take advantage of that. I do love getting eggs at the farmer's market. That, um, but yeah. Besides fruits and vegetables, how do like proteins and grains affect your skin? Like if I'm having like a high protein diet or if I'm someone who just loves my pasta, like, will I see that in my skin as well? It's all about quality of ingredients. Mm. I think that there's no bad food category Mm. besides refined sugar, probably. (laughs) (laughs) But that's not really a food category. It's just making sure that you are getting something where you can read the ingredients. When you don't know what's in packaged products, like, you know, those gargums, there's a lot of inflammatory oils in packaged foods. So you just have to be careful. You can read it. You feel good about it. It's organic. Great. Eat the grains. Eat the pasta. I'm all about high quality meats. I mean, it's really hard to get the amino acids you need to build collagen and elastin to keep your skin looking young and fresh if you're not consuming animal products. Um, For those vegans out there, you have to do a really, really good job and probably incorporate some like of the jelly fungi and lots of supplementation in order to get what you need because otherwise your skin is going to look tired and saggy eventually. Like it's just, it's a way of life. You don't, we're omnivores and I support anyone who has a vegan diet or who's vegetarian. Good. That's great. But you just have to account for what you're missing out in the amino acids category. Celeste, you said um, something about collagen and I feel like collagen has been like a very trendy word in the past couple of years. We've seen it everywhere from like protein powders to, um, in your coffee every morning, absolutely. To like skincare products, all all of a sudden having collagen, like what really is collagen? Like what, how do I consume it? Why do I need it? Give me the four one one. Do we, yeah. Do we need to be taking it? I'm so glad you brought this up because there's a lot of misinformation. It's very confusing for people. So taking a collagen powder doesn't mean that just shows up on your skin as collagen. And I think people kind of think that like you eat it and yeah, it's collagen in your skin, but really collagen has a ton of, like I'm saying, amino acids, which are building blocks for your body to use to speed up the rate at which it's producing the collagen with cells in your skin. Right. So if you're, you don't have the right amino acids, your body is not going to make as much collagen as it could. But as we age, our body starts losing collagen every year. 
So we start to see the effects, fine lines, wrinkles, saggy skin. So this is a way to combat that. It's also great for the, you know, your joints, your skin, your nails, your hair, all of those you know, systems that need those amino acids. So I'm a huge proponent of collagen. I actually take collagen every single day. I think it is fantastic. Again, it's about quality. You want grass-fed. That's going to have more nutrients, minerals, better amino acids. You want to make sure that it doesn't have a bunch of filler additives. It's all. It's a lot of marketing dollars behind this trend. You have to be careful about the source. So, I do love it. Wait, so so people can know because I pretty much want to buy whatever you're. I know. You're I'm like, me wait, to buy. tell us the brand. Yeah, what <laughs> exact um, collagen do you take, and what do you recommend for our listeners? Ancient Nutrition is amazing. It's research-backed. They have the highest quality collagen. It comes from traceable sources. They do a blend that I think has five different kinds of collagen, like a, a bovine, a chicken, a fish. It doesn't taste like that at all. Okay. But it's all in one. So you get all the benefits. And I have supplements if I'm traveling, but I also love to put it in my matcha or in my smoothies, or you could kind of mix it into anything. And are those from Ancient Nutrition as well? Mm-hmm. Okay. And it's is, is it in a powder a form? Yeah, I take the powder every day, but when I'm traveling, I'll take the capsules with me. The one thing I've heard, which I don't know if you know anything about this, we're like making you the collagen expert, which maybe you are, but the I've heard that putting the powder into a hot coffee actually, like into a hot beverage, actually can take away from some of its, um, like the benefits from it. Is that, do you, have you heard anything about that? Yeah, you don't want it to be boiling. I mean, okay. I think that's anytime you heat certain foods up to a certain, you know, smoke point or level, it can denature some of the proteins. But I don't really think that's happening with, you know, a coffee that is drinkable temperature. Okay. So I would challenge that. If you make a really crazy hot, like accidentally boiling cup of coffee, you add your collagen, it's too hot to drink for a long time. And that's your routine. Maybe you might be missing out on some of it, but... I wouldn't really worry too much about the temperature. Okay. Myth busted. Thank you, Celeste, for that very helpful insight. And I'm going to go buy that collagen. (laughs) I got my mom on it and she was like, yeah, my hair's growing so much faster. My skin looks better. And I'm like, really? I gave it to you because of your joints, but I'm happy that you are (laughs) loving the beauty effects too. Yeah. We all want it for the hair, skin and nails, right? Mm -hmm. And the joint mobility is just a bonus. Yes. Plus, I think that's something that I am overwhelmed about as a consumer is that there is, there's so many products out there. It is insane. And um, I know Ray and I talk about products a lot too. I obviously like we're bloggers, right? We get, we have this extreme fortune of getting gifted a lot of products, of being introduced to a lot of brands. And sometimes I see them, I'm like, I don't even know where to begin. Like, I don't know like what's clean beauty. I don't know like what hyaluronic acid is. I don't know. Like, what do I need vitamin C for? You know what I mean? So I guess one, we kind of want to break it down. So maybe we can start with some clean beauty. Yeah, I guess I think in the clean beauty category, like there are a lot of words thrown around clean, non-toxic, organic. Like, can you kind of give us a quick like dummies guide to this? Like, does everything need to be clean in our routines? Like we would love to just hear your insight on this. Oh man, it's, it's such a complex topic and that's why everyone's so confused. And, you know, we 
kind of touched on greenwashing before we started recording and it's a huge problem because brands are putting these labels organic clean non-toxic they don't really mean anything to be completely honest in the way our beauty products are labeled and being a blogger it's actually really difficult because you're gifted all these things and you see wood on the label or a green label and it says clean but you have no idea and I spent hours and hours every week going through brands that might want to send me things or I might want to test and if they're not in this resource that I love to actually find out what's in your products called the EWG Skin Deep Database that's where I look first if it's not there I'm going through every single ingredient in databases to look up if they're clean or not clean so really, if you're just a consumer, Christina, you can yeah. interject if you're going well, to So you're telling me if it's, if they say clean beauty, you need to do further research because they can say whatever the hell they want. There's no, that seems shady as hell. It is. Yeah. Um, the United States has 35 banned ingredients in our beauty manufacturing. Europe has 3000 something. That's so our country sick. doesn't care at all. No one cares. It's just about dollars. So I want your community listening to have great skincare, be protected. And really the only way you can do that is by doing things like I do research products. But what's easier for them is going through a company like Credo Beauty or the detox market companies that are doing that for you. They are never going to sell anything that isn't clean and supportive and beneficial. It's not going to be a carcinogen. It's not going to be a hormone disruptor. It's not going to be something that could lead to an adverse effect. Or following people like me and other people in this space that they trust and that they're like, okay, any recommendation, she's done her research. Because most people don't have time to go through no. and do the detective work, which sadly has to be done. So my kind of related to this is sometimes I feel like, okay, I, I told you when we hung out one, like a couple weeks ago, the, like the Dr. Dennis gross peel pads are like one of my favorite products. Those are obviously not like clean. I mean, not clean. There's like, sometimes I feel like, do I need some chemicals in there? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, do we need that in like medical grade, whatever? I'm sorry. My term, this is why we have you as the expert. My terminology is way off, but do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, do you need to I, be clean a hundred percent of the time? Yeah. So the problem is in the marketplace, people think clean is like granola grocery store. Yes. Every, every skincare product has chemicals. It, it, they're all chemical based. I mean, everything is a chemical in this world, but when you're formulating product, it's all chemicals. So medical grade people think, oh, it's going to work because it's, you know, it's medical grade, but there's actives in natural products and clean beauty products that are just as beneficial, if not more. If there's a difference between prescription medical grade and then over the counter. So I think that's where a lot of people get messed up too. They think, oh, a doctor made this. So it's like medical strength. It's not, you can buy it at Sephora. That's not medical grade. Medical grade is something that you buy from a physician. So there's a big difference with that. Just because it says doctor, anyone it's again, just kind of greenwashing. But to answer your question, you could get actives that will make change in your skin from non-toxic, high-quality, clean products. So I guess are all of the products you use non-toxic? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. At this stage, I mean, there's no good non-toxic hairspray in the world. So that's, right. that's a problem. There's a few things. But you know what? It's all about what's important to you. Like, 
you have, if you love a product that's not clean and you look it up and you're like, okay, this is a skin irritant. It's a hormone disruptor. It's bioaccumulative, which means it stores up in your body. And you're like, I'm cool with that because I love it. Mm-hmm. Great. But I just want people to be educated about the products that they're using. So they're not pregnant and using something that is a hormone disruptor and it's affecting their fetus and they don't know it. Oh, like, you're saying so many scary things. Christina's eyes just bugged out of her head. Wait. Oh my gosh. I, that's I, the thing. It's scary. It is scary. I need shitty. I need to like book an hour with you as my skincare therapist after this to go through all the products I'm using and seeing now, now as I'm like seven months pregnant, only two months left, what have I been doing wrong? It's fine. But I do think that like, realistically, like, I'm, I mean, I try to implement, I have never heard of or used this EWG resource that you just mentioned. So we'll have to put that in the show notes. So I'm definitely not doing as good of a job because I'm for sure reading those flashy labels and being sold on, Oh, clean, non-toxic. Okay. That cruelty free, like that, that stuff gets me, but I love certain brands. Like I love Charlotte Tilbury. I know her makeup has glitter and stuff in it, but like <laughs> I freaking love the eyeshadow palette. The pillow like, talk eyeliner you, is you your know favorite. I mean? I'm not going to stop or, using it. And I think that like, we have to be realistic as to what you said. Yeah. Well, really, I'm not fine. And, no one should feel shamed by using any product and just know what's in it and know what those ingredients are. Like in my skin confident course, I give people checklists of how to detoxify like their beauty closet, their home. And it'll be like, okay, look at this category of products you have in your house and use these resources. And then, you know, I'm also about like slowly making changes over time. No one needs to throw everything out and waste all their makeup and skincare and cleaners and then spend $3,000 on all new things. It's about one at a time. Maybe when you run out of your next eyeliner, you're like, okay, let's see what's in it. And then you're like, Oh crap, I'm not into this. Okay. Maybe let's try to switch it. Use um, a cure Weiss or a Kosas or whatever and see if it's comparable. And you guys, you should definitely check out Celeste's Instagram page because um, she has this really good thing where she does like finding dupes and you don't necessarily have to spend a ton of money. And I think there's a huge misconception that like, oh my gosh, like I need to spend $150 on this cream. And that's just not realistic for most of us. And it's just not necessary. Right, Celeste? No, and myself included, I really, my category of skincare, I would say is mid-level that I usually purchase. I'm not usually buying the really crazy expensive products. There are great brands out there. If people want to shop at Target, brands like Coco Kinds and Verse are affordable and really great options. I really love a brand called January Labs, and most of their products are actually pretty affordable. So you don't need to spend a lot of money. You don't need to throw everything away. It's just like a slow process. And then in five years, you'll be like, oh my gosh, all my stuff's not toxic and I feel great and my skin looks better than ever. And I think so to recap, just so people know, like the best way to start is shopping at places like Credo, Detox Market, following people like you who spend hours and hours looking at ingredients and slowly starting to to make those swaps. Cause I think I've looked at the EWG database and it can be very overwhelming. So I honestly would just, I'm like, okay, if I know at Credo, I'm, they've done that for me. I'm good to go. That I think is a good place to start for people who are maybe a little overwhelmed. Right. 
Yeah, I think that's perfect. People, your community can always DM me questions. I answer every DM like a crazy person because I'm just so passionate about it. So anyone has questions, feel free. I love that. And thank you for opening yourself up to our audience. I think that's something that we get a lot of questions about our aesthetics and like Botox and fillers. And I would love to like get your thoughts on those because you talk so much about like putting the best things into your body. Like, are you completely against fillers and Botox or like, how, how do you feel? Yeah. So I have an interesting perspective being a clean beauty blogger and skincare expert because I started my nursing career as an aesthetic nurse. So I did lasers, I injected people with Botox and filler. And the thing about Botox and filler is they are medical grade. They are Botox has been FDA approved for over 30 years in the cosmetic use. They have tested the long-term effects of it. It's so highly regulated that I trust it. Is it necessarily the cleanest, most non-toxic thing in the world? Not necessarily, but it's again, like choosing your favorite eyeliner. But this is something that's tested for so long on so many different classifications of people in so many ways that there are no long-term adverse effects that anyone has found. And if someone could prove that there was, it would be a smoking gun and they would try to sue the heck out of Botox. Mm -hmm. So I feel confident saying that Botox also hyaluronic acid filler, the Juvederms of the world, hydrophilic or yeah, hydrophilic hyaluronic acid, which is the lip filler injections that a lot of people get naturally occurring substance in our body they replicated it in a lab super safe it's clean there's no bacteria in it it's not going to hurt you so i am a proponent and i get both of them okay so can you give people a little bit of a breakdown like what is Botox used for? What are fillers used for? And I know like Botox is actually a brand, right? Like I think there's like Dysport and some other ones too. So um, if someone's been thinking about it, like I just had a conversation with one of my best friends. She's like, what do you think about this stuff? Like blah, 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 blah. She's like, I don't really know anything about it. It's so overwhelming. Can you kind of, not that we want to recommend people to get Botox or fillers, but like at least be educated on it. Yeah. So... Um, the Botox category, Botox is a brand, so is Dysport, so is Xeomin. They're neuromodulators, and what they do is they soften muscle movement. So the interesting thing is all of your muscles have different functions. Some muscles lift things up, some muscles push things down. So really, with injecting Botox, you're, manipul- you're manipulating the way that your muscles move in order to achieve a de- desired result. Maybe it's smoothing, maybe it's your forehead, maybe it's lifting something. So it works that way. And your body slowly over time dissolves it. It metabolizes it. So after about four months, you're not going to see any effects of it. It doesn't change anything. It's not going to leave you worse off or saggier than before. The only thing that it is going to do is it's going to soften that muscle movement. So you're not going to be creasing, creasing, creasing the skin for years and years if you're consistent with it. So if anything, even if you're only getting Botox for a small time in your life, you won't have as deep seated of wrinkles. Okay. So that, that makes sense. that's what like Botox and those brands are for. And then like, what would fillers be used for? Yeah. So there's a lot more different kinds of fillers than there are um, neuromodulators. So there's hyaluronic acid fillers, which are like the Juvederm family, the Russellin family. Then there's also dermal fillers that um, are like Sculptra. They are free radical, free radical calcium uh, 
bonds and they actually build up calcium in your skin. So it's not temporary. So those are a little scarier. So there's a lot more fillers out there and fillers are used to add volume. So if you want to add volume to your cheeks, your lips, your chin, your nasal labial folds, it's more of a structural support to either modify your, your face or lift in certain places. Do you have any tips for someone who um, maybe wants to have this done? How? Because I always say like, find someone good. And I have found someone good in LA through like you and recommendations, but how can someone find um, someone to do Botox or filler that is trustworthy? I think it's really essential to, in this day and age, like look at their social media, look at their before and afters. Mm-hmm. If you can even go to their website and see before and afters, things that don't look tampered with, obviously, but the proof is in the pudding. You want to see the artistry because it's, the technique and the artistry is so much more important than just like, Oh, I can do it. I'm a doctor. It's art. It truly is. You are manipulating your face and it's such an important thing to find someone who's good at their craft. So photos on Instagram, word of mouth is I think the best way. If you're thinking that your friend might've had something done, like don't hesitate to just ask them right. if they have, like, you look so beautiful. Like I'm looking for someone to do filler. Do you know anyone? <laughs> yeah. Subtle. <laughs> I was talking to my mom about this because she was joking around about how she was like, I want to do something. And I was like, Oh, you're, I was like, she was visiting me in LA. I was like, I, I know a girl. I was like, I can book you an appointment if you really want to do it. We were talking about prices. And she's like, oh, like, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, listen, like, you don't want to cheap out when it comes to your face. Not that, like, you have to, like, spend the most money. But I, in LA, and I don't know how it is in other places in the country, there's, like, literally posters on uh, buses as, like, the MTA, right? That's what they're called, the buses, like, as they're, like, driving around the city. That's, like, Botox, $6 a unit, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, don't just like see something that you can find like on a Groupon or on a bus. And like, you have to do your research when it comes to your face. I mean, like re- seriously. When you said Groupon, Celeste eyebrows were like, um, no. I mean, cause like really though, that would scare the crap out of me. Well, a lot of new injectors are trying to get a clientele. And so you get what you pay for. They may be just starting out, just learning. They need to practice on people. So they're going to give you a real good deal. Yikes. What does Botox cost per unit usually? Um, I haven't worked in the field for a while now. So I'm not exactly sure. I I think anywhere from maybe $12 to $14 a unit. Okay. I was going to say, I feel like around 15 is usually, that's a little high, but look for that people <laughs> and a, a hot tip with Botox units people are always like oh how much is it you with Botox you really do want to treat more than one place usually so that you look a little refreshed age appropriate but it's not just one part of your face is not moving and other parts are so you want to treat your face holistically um, as in like the whole face and a good rule of thumb for people to get Botox and how much it's going to cost is you probably need a unit for uh, however many years old you are. Whoa, this is very interesting. So if I'm, 30, if not more, so if I'm 32, I would need 32. Probably that's, that's like a good rule of thumb, but there's a million places you can get Botox. You can mm-hmm. do your neck, you can do your chin, you can do love your whole entire face really does lots of different things. So if you're doing a ton of areas, sometimes it can be more, right. but don't ever expect to pay 
less than the amount of units as you are old. Okay, this is really interesting. And I am going to sound like such a shady bitch right now. But I was reading, I'm not going to say who it is, but I was reading someone's blog about like saying how they do Botox. And I was like, I think this is awesome that this person opened up about this. But they said that they only do five units and that's it. And I was like, I just don't even think that's possible. And I was just reading it being like, why? I feel like this person is lying. And I don't know why they would like, say they do it, but then like not be totally honest. And then I was maybe like, they forgot a zero or something. I don't know. <laughs> but Celeste, like, am I just being dramatic? Am I being super skeptical? Or do you think this person who is in their thirties is only getting five units? Cause like the likelihood of that is like 0.01%. <laughs> okay. That's what I thought. And it's not like I'm, I'm definitely not a Botox expert at all. So I shouldn't be judging anyone, but I just remember reading that and be like, I just felt like it was super, super misleading to this person's audience to be like, I only did five units because I'm like, if this person goes into a doctor or someone wants to get it done, like I only want five units. I feel the like they're going to be like, what the Okay. Like what? <laughs> As an injector, that was really frustrating because people say that a lot. And I think people are now talking about their Botox, not as much about their filler, but they still want to downplay the amount that they need, which makes no sense. It has, you're not cooler, younger, prettier if you only need five units. Like, why are we precipitating this myth about how much product we need? Yeah, that's very, very rare. The only time that would happen is if someone's treating one teeny little area and they're just like softening something and it'll last like a month. Mm. Oh, go ahead, Christina. I was going to say, I think that's a question that um, we've gotten to when it comes to aesthetics is like, how long do they last and how do you make them last longer? And also I keep calling them aesthetics. Like what is the proper term? Because I've made that up. Injectables. Oh, Okay. (laughs) Exactly. <laughs> aesthetic sounds way less um abrasive than oh injectables God. aesthetics is like it's the field okay in which injectables lives got it thank you yeah like aesthetic medicine um okay so you asked how long they last and how would and you make them last longer yeah right Okay, so uh, Botox is three to four months and fillers, depending on the kind, but if we're talking about the most general category, like the Juvederm, the Restylane, um, anywhere from six months to a year. And the factor that determines whether or not it goes away faster is your metabolism, your activity level, your gender, and a little bit your age, but that ties into metabolism. So say you're a fabulous, hot, sexy, gay man who works out a lot and you're 25. Good luck keeping those injectables in your face. You're just burning through it like nobody's business. Interesting. If you're a 75-year-old lady who is not super active, your product might last you a lot longer. So it's definitely not one size fits all. No, and there's nothing you can do to maintain it or keep it to last longer. I mean, I guess don't move your face. Don't drink out of straws. Like, that would be one. But just walk around like a mannequin. (laughs) Oh, interesting. Um, I kind of... Oh, did you have a question? I feel like I keep interrupting, Christina. (laughs) Gosh, I'm so embarrassed. I have so many questions. I I love it. Do you have more aesthetic questions? I do have one more. Um, Lasers. Uh, and microdermabrasion, right, are really, really popular. And I feel like we 
also again, super, super trendy. And I don't know if it's like something because we live in LA and we're just more exposed to this, but I feel like I always see a celebrity like doing this vampire facial or you turn on E! News and it's like laser this, laser that. And I'm like, what the F are these things? What do they do for me? What is something that like I should actually focus on? And like, is pricking my face with a bunch of needles and putting blood into it, like a good thing or a bad thing? Cause like, this seems terrifying. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. This is perfect. So first thing, get your, your diet, your lifestyle, your home practices sorted because a lot of people just want, again, a quick fix and you be willing to invest like a thousand dollars in a laser series. But if you're just going to break out and get your scars or you're not protecting your skin from the sun and you haven't learned how to achieve healthy skin, there's no point. So first get that unlocked, then say your skin is healthy, you're feeling good about it. Maybe you have some fine lines or some hyperpigmentation and you just want to like amp up routine. I love lasers. I love microdermabrasion. I love PRP, which is a vampire facial. They are all amazing modalities and you can only get so far with your home practices. And then if you want, like I said, scar reduction, getting rid of hyperpigmentation, anti-aging, you can really level up with those treatments. Mm. And they're great. I kind of want to go back to the home practices for a minute because I can kind of get overwhelmed as well. And you are like the, you know, product guru. Where would someone like, I feel like there's a toner, cleanser, balm, serum, all this, like a total newbie. What would you say is like a great place to start getting into skincare? You don't need to necessarily go into brands or anything, but maybe like, okay, you want to look for a toner and then a cleanser. Talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah, we can keep it really simple. We don't have to get crazy. Again, this is like you start slow and you build and you get more advanced. The most important step one is a gentle cleanser, making sure that you actually wash your face correctly. You get all the makeup off, get all the sebum off, get all the dirt off, spend some time. Wait, what's like, the correct way? I'll need to make sure I'm doing it right. So I advocate for a one minute wash, like a full one minute at least. And that's not if you're even wearing a full face. If you're wearing a full beat face of makeup, you probably have to do a double cleanse. But you want to massage your face. You want to really bring blood flow to the face. Then after you're done, if you're a beginner, take a cotton pad, a wet one, wipe your face, see what's left. If you have residue left over on a cotton ball, you didn't wash your face. And then what happens? You get irritation, clogged pores, blackheads, whiteheads, breakouts. I mean, it's step one, mm. step one. And you have to wash morning and night. A lot of people don't wash in the morning. So they're like, oh, it's too much for my skin. You have dust mites all over your pillow. You're sweating in your sleep. You have chemical residue from all the building materials in your house. We live in a toxic, polluted city. Yeah, it's not just like your fresh skincare from the night before that's been hanging out on your face for eight hours. Gosh, I'm so guilty of both of these. I literally, honestly, did not get into This is going to make me sound gross. I didn't get into like a really good skin washing routine until quarantine. There'd be so many nights where I would just go to sleep with my makeup on. I can't believe that. I know. I'm I'm not proud about I it. I could be blackout drunk and you better believe 
I am doing my eight step skincare routine okay. before I get into bed. And me, I would be like, wake up the next morning and be like, damn, my makeup still looks good. I'm just gonna and you're like it. leaving. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, I'm going right out the door. <laughs> Amazing. Saved me time. Yeah, exactly. Wow. That's really funny. Oh my God. Well, Christina, that's probably because you, you've grown up with probably, I'm assuming healthy, good skin that hasn't given you a lot of trouble. Yes. I, you the, know, I really honestly didn't have any skin problems until maybe like my early twenties. And that was just where I'd get like some cystic hormonal acne I'd break out with. And, um, overall, like my skin is pretty good. I definitely have like hyperpigmentation now that I'm pregnant and I have some scarring from my acne because I picked it. But overall, like, it's not like I was like a teenager who had acne. I was very lucky in that, but adult acne is terrible. And they don't tell you about that in school. And it can be really like debilitating. It totally knocks your confidence. And so common for women in their thirties, even to have acne. It's very, very common. So that's the thing. It's like, I had to learn from a really young age because I suffered from acne. A lot of people in the wellness field are there because they struggled with a personal issue. And now like, I'm so happy. I learned all about skin because my skin is going to be healthier, look younger because I've taken that step. So anyone listening right now who has beautiful, healthy looking skin, I'm so happy for you. That is so awesome. But don't take advantage of your fortune. Make sure that you're still really working towards moisturizing, hydrating, protecting with sunscreen, all the things so that when you know, you're your mother's age, you can be like, okay, I look great because I took care of myself. Mm. Absolutely. So I just want to make sure we didn't miss. So you said a gentle cleanser. Okay. Is there anything else? Yeah. Newbies? So, so for newbies, you can keep it easy. Like let's do, let's just say we're, I hate to do less than <laughs> four you, steps. Just give me four. That's yeah, good. That's fine. that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. Lay it on us. Okay. So the cleanser is so important. Then you really do want to prep your skin. You want to balance the pH. You might want a little bit of chemical exfoliants in there to help if you're like acne prone or congested. So a toner or an essence, one of those. Okay. Um, and they're kind of one and the same interchangeable. You can, if you want to, that's like, they do similar things. Um, oh. Toner usually has a little bit more chemical exfoliant to break down things. And essence is usually a little bit of like a more hydrating primer for the skin. Got it. But, but one of those steps and, and then you want to go in with your hydration step. So hydration and moisture are different. Hydration has to do with water content in the skin. It's lighter. Moisturizer and moisture has to do with more oil content. So you can't, a huge common mistake people make is they cleanse their face and then they put on oil. So you're cleaning and drying it out a little bit and then you're not hydrating. Nothing's really getting absorbed. And then you put oil on the top of your skin, which just sits there. So you're not really hydrating and getting those layers that you're building to have flowy skin. You're just putting an oil slick on top of dry skin, which doesn't hydrate it. And then you feel you have combination like oil patches, dry patches. It's, it's a mess. It doesn't work. So you'd want to put on your moisturizer first and then your oil, which would could be like an oil or like serum or something, right? 
No, so moisturizer is the oil. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. She's like, no, I got you. That's a good one. You don't even wash your face. Don't even worry about it. (laughs) No, no. Okay, so cleanse, then toner or essence. Then you're going to do a hydration step. Maybe for you, that's a mist. Maybe for you, that's a serum. There's a million different things that can hydrate you. Okay. And then you seal it all in with your moisturizer or your oil or say you have like a tinted SPF that's moisturizing something to kind of seal it protect you that's like beginner basics but it's that step of cleanse like balance of pH and prep hydrate moisturize okay and I feel like we need to ask because if I was listening to this I'd be like okay this is amazing but what what should I buy so do you have any like mid-level or entry-level like price in brands that in, for each category that someone could just add to their um, beauty cabinet right now yes of course I love the January loves cleanser it's five ounces which is huge for skincare and it's like 30 bucks so really you're buying that it lasts forever so that's a great gentle cleanser i'm gonna sound like such a groupie for january labs but their mist is also amazing but okay toner toner stuff um there's a brand called primera or prima they actually sell it at sephora it's been at sephora it's a great essence if you're looking for essence um or january labs has a great toner Verst has a great toner there's some really affordable, good toners. And I can give you the list of these. You can put it in the show notes. Amazing. Um, yeah. Coco Kind has a great, like, very basic entry-level hydrating vitamin C serum. That's cheap, but good. And then moisturizer. I mean, there's so many things out there. Um, there's this moisturizing, like, kind of oil-based serum from Credo that I love. It's 20 bucks. It has... Um, some like very light hydrating moisturizing oils. Also, I love the Versed SPF, which is an SPF 35. It's actually really moisturizing too. So you can kind of get two in one. Okay, amazing. And we will hound Celeste for some more of her product recs and leave them in the show notes for you guys because uh, I feel like I need to go shopping. I know, but even better, just follow Celeste on Instagram because then you will see her every single day. She greets you every morning, morning loves, and it is the most beautiful calming energy I need on my Instagram stories every really single is. morning. I swear to God. <laughs> I agree. They're so sweet. I just love sharing products and I'm always testing things. So yeah, I have lots of product recs for you, but don't get, no one should just get too overwhelmed with the products. There's, you know, you can keep it simple. You don't have to do too much, but it's just the right order and things that work through skin and you'll find your rhythm and feel really good about it. No, I love this. Thank you so much. This has been so informative. I'm like, uh, every time I talk to you though, it's like this, I'm like, oh my gosh, I need to get this, this, this. I feel like I just had a a little, uh, education on all things skincare. I'm excited to go shopping at the farmer's market, honestly, more than anything, because I really need to start thinking about what I'm putting into my body more and more and more. So thank you so much, Celeste, for all your wisdom, your knowledge, um, for not making fun of my lack thereof <laughs> on all of the above. 
<laughs> no, it's totally fine. And it's so complicated for most people. And that's why I came out with my skin confident course. I was getting the same questions from so many people and they were really having a hard time looking, breaking down the routine and figuring out what to incorporate or what to do. And it's not about buying a bunch of stuff or spending a bunch of money on crazy treatment. So I really made it so it's actionable and people can just check things off the list start incorporating them, start feeling good, troubleshoot their acne, troubleshoot their rosacea, and really make a change. So I'm going to give your audience um, a special discount code if they want to check out the course. You can pick up the show notes too. But I just want everyone to feel confident in their skin. I promise that you listening, if you're struggling, you can feel your skin yourself. You're amazing. Well, Celeste, is there anything you have coming up that you can tease for us? Like what's next for you that um, our listeners can look forward to that you can share, obviously, if you have anything? Well, I'm going to do a co-branded product with a clean beauty company that I absolutely love. So I don't have any details on the timeline, but I will send it, send you both um, the product when it's all done and dusted. So your audience will maybe see it if you post about it wait that's so exciting that i'm so proud cute. of you that's, that's amazing. amazing oh yeah, it's like a pinch me moment but it's just a step towards i mean i'm a skincare junkie and i would i love products so it's just the next step amazing congratulations and where can everybody find you you can find me on YouTube at Celeste Thomas, Instagram Celeste Thomas, TikTok Celeste Thomas RN. Yes, TikTok, <laughs> baby. <laughs> We're going to Rayanne's my inspiration for TikTok. <laughs> so that and the blog, the true soon. Amazing. And then we, like we said, we'll include Celeste's discount code for her skin confident course in the show notes. And then some of her favorite brands and everything that we've pretty much discussed throughout the episode. But thank you again. You are the absolute best. Oh, I love you both. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you to everyone who made it this far and listened because we just talked for like an hour. So we, I know. We, for- we tend to do long episodes. So thanks to everyone <laughs> for bearing with us. We're chatting over here. <laughs> I love it. Thank you again. Thanks, guys. Thank I'll see you, you next time. <laughs> Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in today. For more information on this episode, check out the show notes on our website, theconfidentcollective.com and find us on Instagram at Confident Collective. And if you really loved what you heard, screenshot today's episode in the podcast app and share it in your stories and don't forget to tag us.